0: to episode 98 of Running Matters. My name is Matt North. I'm joined by my co-host Paul Hadfield. How are you, mate? Very well,
1: very well. Good to be at Guyme Allied Health Centre once again. It is. Six days a week, every week. (laughs) That's right.
0: And we're joined by Rory Darkins. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you.
2: Great to be back in your company and Actually see some human beings in person, that's yeah.
1: pretty pretty fun.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Things are getting back to normal. Social animals, we are. That's it. It's um, right. Before uh before we get into it, we should thank our partners Ranella, Goo Energy, Guy Me Allied Health, Fractal, Cronella Beer Co., raid Light, Basecamp altitude and Running Matters
1: Coaching. Running Matters Coaching. Yep. It's a new sponsor. Yeah. How is the coaching going, Wolf? It's going good, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going
0: all right. So three group runs a week, you know, it's a bit of a community thing, you know. Is, it, is there right.
1: anyone we should be looking out for? Any sort of significant protégés there?
0: Mate, I'm, I think Darwin, yeah. is the, he's the one that's going to bolt, bolt ahead of everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. I, I,
1: I should refrain from using the phrase dark horse, but would you describe him as such? No, not on air. <laughs> so
0: uh yeah he he will do well give him 12 months he will do well um mate you're a handy runner yourself rory what's what's coming up on your racing calendar oh
2: thanks um i've just finished a block of marathon training with eloise wellings um who to help her prep for the london marathon which she went and did amazing running um it's 230 yep. um mm-hmm. So I did all the training without doing the marathon. Um, you so, you weren't tempted to knock one out at Cornell? Well, it, funny, everyone's asked me that, saying, like, you know, oh, I thought you would have gone out and run one by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's probably a different vibe going out running solo versus running the London Marathon. Mm, um, slightly different. Yeah, it's a slight, few, few slight differences. But, um, so, yeah, I'm just um, keeping the fitness up from that. And then I think her and I might be having a 10K race at some point in one of the kind of um, road races. So... That might be next on the calendar.
0: Yeah, unreal. Is this your chance to show that you're not just a pacer? You you're there to win.
2: <laughs> oh look, I'll wait until afterwards to comment because <laughs> you know if I if I don't beat it, then I'll probably just say I was pacing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. A good one, yeah, yeah good, good response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People are actually starting to talk that you've got a fear of safety pins and don't want to pin a number on it. Oh, 100%, that's probably,
2: <laughs> that's probably, probably Stu Rennie came up with that, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd imagine, but no, I actually just, I do love the training, Hey, eh? It's, mm. um, you know, like, races are fun when they come up, but obviously we haven't had the opportunity for ages. Mm. Um, but just the the lifestyle of the training is is great and feeling like you're progressing and um, and you know being around other people was um you know with helping them do what they want to do is great as well.
1: It's good. So, do you so. do you reckon you were in two thirty marathon shape? Like, were you doing the same workouts as Elsie was? She likes to say that she ran
2: two twenty nine forty two. So she likes to say I would have done two twenty nine forty three. Yeah. So, pretty the, I'd say there or thereabouts is probably how we we would have said based on you know, we just did our workouts together. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's, it's so unknown on the day, right? Like yeah. you can train, you can train great and not quite execute on the day, and vice versa, you can not feel like you uh, where you want to be in training and then pull it together on the day. So yeah, yeah. it's who knows until it actually happens, eh? Hey? Oh, for yeah. sure. And I find it
0: hard training those two-piece bikini outfits. Oh, do you get uncomfortable in absolutely. them? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: That's why we like to start at am, like you do.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. right. To run in them. Yeah. Just so yeah, let those yeah. people seeing. Uh, that's a horrible vision. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Tell me, when you're uh, training with Elsie, are you purely a training partner or are you, are you mindset coaching at the same time? And would she admit to you mindset coaching at the same time? <laughs> i think
2: i want to i think she's spoken publicly about that before that it's a bit of everything like you know i think um uh you know part training partner part mental skills coach but probably you know at the end of the day we're more friends than we are or anything so um yeah i think it's just it's just whatever the day is you know and some days it's well you know We're working out hard, like no one's talking. But if in the cool down we're um, debriefing the session, and that's where it's sort of natural to talk about the mental skills side of things when it's relevant. So, I love the fact that it's very organic like that, and it's in the arena, so to speak. You know, it's actually out Mm -hmm. and um. Yeah, in the thick of it, um, In yeah. situ. So yeah, very
0: good. It's organic, but you invoice her at the end of the week. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, she
2: actually got me running shoes for my birthday, so I'm, I'm indebted to her. Yeah, it, was um, a it. Now, So she, yeah, we're all yeah. good.
1: <laughs> so um, pretty impressive first up marathon from Elsie. You know, we were you know, pretty pumped to watch what happened there. Um, what, what was her thinking like beforehand? Was she nervous? Was she confident?
2: Yeah, yeah she's definitely. I think she's she's done a, well. She did a podcast with with me on our podcast about it and you know she was super nervous going into it but also like I think excited about just being curious about what what it was going to be like um and you know it was an unknown in terms of that distance she'd never run that far before and um I think deep down she knew she could do it but um you know there was still that unknown of still its gonna yeah he's still going to do it and what's it going to feel like and and so I think she was, um, she was definitely nervous but as we've talked about I think even on maybe our last episode on, on this podcast we talked about how you know nerves are your body rising to the occasion you know if something matters to you like you're mm-hmm. likely to feel that nervous energy leading in and I remember saying to her like I'd be far more worried if you weren't nervous
0: <laughs> than if you know than yeah. if you are so I think it's, it's a very natural thing yeah. yeah. Cool. Sure. So you've got some um, clients that you work with. That's 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 your your real job besides just being a professional athlete. <laughs> um, so and you're also setting up your own app at the moment, uh, innate. Mm. So how's that going? Bring, brings up to speed. Yeah,
2: thanks guys. Um, it's been a journey. So um, you know everything I do centers around wellbeing and performance from a, a psychology and then also a physiological point of view and. Um, the Innate app is really just trying to bring together um, practical guidance to people so that they can be themselves in the best way that they can and, and really thrive in terms of, of their well-being and achieve meaningful goals and, and live with, with purpose and things like that. And so, yeah, it's been a long time coming. We were formerly called What's Right, um, where we, we've been at it a couple of years and, and creating various um, web-based um, apps and, and really learning what works in that space um, and so we're super excited to bring the innate app um, to the app store um, later in the year and yeah people can um, can check that out at the moment for get to get early access um, and be part of the community that we're building through it so
0: yeah cool and so if people want to be part of that process they can go to your website and um, nominate to be better testers yeah yeah
2: so it's just innateapp.com and and um, that's i-n-8 um, and yeah, so as like I say, we're, we're just launching publicly now and um, so we've, we've got some people who have been testing with us for a while and so if people are interested in being an early adopter and, and getting involved and you know you can just go to the website and pop your details in and we'll make sure you get early access and, um, and some really good, good offers early on um, when we launch fully as well. So um, yeah, it's exciting to be finally bringing that sort um, to, to the market more broadly we've done we've done stuff sort of behind the scenes with um, some organizations and businesses and, and government um, government department type stuff um, in the past with, with when it was called what's right but yeah now we're we've sort of really tailored it towards um, the individual who wants to become all that they can become and and find their what works for them and their own well-being you know I think so much of what we're trying to do is this get away from the one-size-fits-all mentality of like everyone's got to you know um follow the same path to to build well-being and and become their best and really flipping that and going well you've already got what you need and within you which is why we're called an eight um and if you can understand yourself in these eight dimensions that we've, we've kind of um, focused on then you can find what really works for you to, to be who you want to be.
0: What are... Is breathing's obviously one of the dimensions.
2: Yeah, breathing's one of the dimensions and we've got um, others such as your values. You know, these are the things that are... We've all got individual values. We've got individual strengths and um, you know, capacities that help us to, to really be our best. Um, we've all got needs, you know, psychological needs and, and things that we need to um, to have satisfied in order for us to have well-being. Um, we've got... Uh, our emotions they're they're innate and understanding understanding those Um, and then the other dimensions are our health Um, so you know what works for you from a health point of view to give you energy and and help you to thrive and um, and the the other one is purpose yeah so like what's what is purpose you it's so unique and individual and understanding that for yourself is, is what can
1: really help you to get direction in life yeah right there's a lot to it there's a lot going on there yeah there is tell, tell me is, it, is the app uh, i guess a teaching based tool or how, how interactive does it become with the individual
2: yeah and um so most of the work has been around um making it a really individualized experience and so the core of it is a daily check-in where you you know go through a process each day of you know a few minutes to just check in with yourself and, and be guided through some really intentional questions um, to monitor how you're going in those eight areas but also to learn um, to uncover insights about yourself over time and so you know a lot of the smarts are kind of behind the scenes to you know make sense of your data and make sense of of what really works for you based on your daily um, entries in that check that check-in process so um, yeah that, that's sort of the core of it and then based on that there's um, recommendations and um, practices that we can you know you can try out and learn what works for you so you know for example breathing based practices and mm-hmm. for different things such as to have you fall asleep or to help you focus and and things like
1: that so cool fantastic
0: yeah so um we really i'm excited to talk about breathing today um because everyone's always looking for those one percenters and mm. this is this is definitely a one so percenter. Do you think breathing's a one I think it might be bigger. What do you think? I, I don't know. I haven't, don't really know. I don't pay much attention to breathing, but <laughs> yeah. it's important stuff. I'm <laughs> going to start. I'm going to start, you know, paying much more attention, particularly now. <clears throat> but we spent. Uh, I was chatting to you on the phone about it yesterday. You know, we spent so much of our time training our lactic acid threshold systems. So that's why we get on the track and do our intervals and our sets. Uh, just to try and you know, bring that threshold up so we can run faster, longer, yeah. harder. Um, but we can also do that by improving our breathing. Mm. Um, talk us through some strategies, how does this work? How do, how do I improve my breathing that's gonna complement my running?
2: Yeah, look, it's a huge question. Um, and I might just uh, start by taking a step back and, and talk about the role breathing plays. And so breathing, obviously it happens automatically. all the the time to keep us alive and you know one function of it is to you know to get oxygen around the body and make sure that we we have what we need to stay alive but it's also something that we can bring under our conscious control and so it's quite uh, unique in that sense that it's automatic but also you can take control of it Um, but I think when most people think about breathing they think about oxygen and um, that's the bit that I, I find can be misleading because yes breathing does bring oxygen into the body and delivers that you know to the the muscles and tissues etc that that need it for energy production and, and all of that, but it's not the drive to breathe has quite little to do with oxygen, and so when we're running um and we're feeling like oh yeah I need to breathe generate your oxygen you have like all the oxygen you need, you, you know, and so you don't feel breathless or you don't feel the drive to breathe out of a lack of oxygen. And you actually feel that out of a increase in carbon dioxide, which is what's exchanged with oxygen. Uh, so you breathe out carbon dioxide, you breathe in oxygen, and, and that's sort of the, the exchange that, that takes place when you're producing energy. And so the stimulus to breathe is, is primarily around carbon dioxide. And so that when CO two is building up, the harder you're working, you know, the, um, the more the CO two is going to be produced, and the more um, that's going to be detected by the various sensors in your brain and around. Um, oh, I, I need to get rid of this, some some more CO two, and so I think the foundation I like to think about it from is like you you you've got all the oxygen you need almost all the time, like. If you put a pulse oximeter on your finger and looked at your oxygen saturation when you were doing a breath hold or when you're even working out hard, it's very difficult to drop that below, you know, like where it normally is, like 96 to, you know, 99%. And so just changing your mindset around, like, oh, I'm actually not lacking oxygen here. Mm. This is, my, my body's not going to run out of the air, you know what I mean? In that way, it's actually my sensitivity to carbon dioxide that's driving that urge to breathe. And that's something that can be improved, that's something that can be um, trained. And I find that often that is a limiting factor when we don't train our breathing. It's an uh, over-sensitivity to carbon dioxide is what drives over-breathing. And so that can be the difference between someone working out or running and Feeling like they've got to breathe harder and harder and kind of get to a point when they're, they're really kind of huffing and puffing um versus you know the same person or someone else being able to do the same work and breathe less and i say it's nothing to do with oxygen it's all to do with your brain's detection of the level of co2 and and how it reacts to that and mm-hmm. that can be trained
0: it's, it's hitting the panic, your brain's hitting the panic button and trying to get you to slow down. Absolutely, and,
2: and when we say brain it's not like consciously, it's not like oh, I'm thinking about this, it's like deep in, in your, your your brain, like in um, probably the oldest part of our brain, are these, these sensors around detecting levels of, of um, alkalinity and acidity in the blood, because that's what carbon dioxide influences, is, is the acidity of the blood. And so um, as that builds, that's what it notices and and triggers your drive to breathe. And so you start breathing harder. Um, And so yeah, this is all happening beneath our awareness often. And so that's why it just feels like we're not in control of it, Mm. but it is something that can be trained and we can adapt um, to that so that we become more efficient ultimately at at breathing.
0: Yep. So (laughs) if we were to train it, like I've heard you know some ways to train it you could you know go for walks and hold your breath while you're walking so you're adapting to exercising slowly while Mm. holding your breath or um just running and taking less breaths Mm. um are there other strategies to start training like for for beginners people that are listening out there and and myself who'd like to start practicing it how how do i start
2: for sure and it's Again, I, I know that was the question you asked before and I still haven't answered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so apologies for going the long way to this. But I think it's important because um, everyone wants, what's the thing I can do right now, yeah, right? Like, yeah. if there was a tablet we could take that mm-hmm. increased our our tolerance yeah. to CO2, would be like, oh, cool, where well, do I get don't,
1: that? Don't they do that? Don't people sort of load up on baking soda or something like that to try do, yeah do you? acidify out yeah know, yeah acidify. so that, that
2: that can help with the buffering of. Yeah. Uh, oh, we can geek out on that in a bit if you want to go into that <laughs> because it's like all to do with the um yeah the pH of the of the blood and how we buffer lactate and things like that mm. but um yes to your point that is <laughs> that is the strategy um but I'm going to try to answer your question in a, in a practical way but um so to train it I think any training around breath like we've got to start with awareness and I think that's so often the mistake that happens in this space is that we go straight to practice without the awareness. Mm. So, you know, I think step one with any real, any breath work should be noticing your breathing. As I say, it's unconscious normally. And so how many of us just go and run and don't even spare a thought for like, mm. how am I breathing? Oh, why am I breathing like that? Is You know, how's it changing throughout? So I think spend the time just noticing it not without trying to change it first and see what you can learn from that mm-hmm. because um i think you know that's such a it's such a strong a strong foundation upon which to then start experimenting but if we don't have the awareness first then we're, we're sort of almost fall to the trap of trying to take shortcuts um which may or may not you know work and, and you won't know because if you don't have that awareness mm-hmm. of, of what you normally do um then then it'll be limited. So if you spend their time becoming aware of how your breathing feels and, and how it changes in different types of situations, that that's important. The next thing, um, which is an extension of that, is most of us take, uh, say, 20,000 breaths a day, right? And in the same way, we're kind of all looking for, well, can I spend 10 minutes like doing something to change my breathing? But we... We've still got like 19,900 and something <laughs> breaths happening all the time, right? And I think the quality of those breaths is actually more important than the quality of those that you can, you can adjust in a practice. So when you've got that awareness of how you breathe normally, bring that awareness not just from exercise but into everyday life. And a practical um, example of that is when you're, like when you sleep, are you sleeping with your mouth open or your mouth shut? And gets, if, you, if you're sort of sharing a bed with someone or whatever, like they'll know. Do you snore? Do you, you, know, do you wake up with a dry mouth? Do you kind of have your mouth wide open <laughs> when you're asleep? And that's really important because-
1: Just to it all of <laughs> Yeah,
2: It's really important because uh, a habit of nose breathing and like if you're sleeping, hopefully, you know, like seven, eight hours a night, like that's a lot of time to be either um in a restorative nervous system state with nose breathing or in a less restorative nervous system state with mouth breathing you know Mm -hmm. and so that's going to have an effect on your recovery and then how you are able to you know to execute any training or racing so Mm -hmm. i'd kind of go from general awareness to up from awareness of how how you breathe when you're training to bring that into everyday life including how you stay and I think the foundation of any, um, performance-based breathing is around getting your, your breathing habits to be healthy. And so, you know, we, uh, unless in, in rare cases, some people like can't breathe through their nose particularly well if you've got a very deviated septum or if you're, um, you know, if your, your airways are really obstructed, but that is actually quite, quite rare. And with the nose, it's very much a use it or lose it type thing. It can... If the more you breathe through it the more open it gets mm-hmm. and so uh, it changes and so I think if people can um, aim to increase the amount that they breathe through their nose then that is a great foundation and then another thing with so like there's no reason really for most people why we shouldn't be breathing through our nose like when we're not working out like when we're just in a resting or kind of low activity state if we're walking up the street or up the stairs or um, or for a sleeping, you know, like we should aim to be having that that as a habit, and there's there's ways you can do that, but again, it starts with awareness and just practicing it, challenging yourself to to do it more, um, and then can you bring that into your training? You know, can you, you know, in some of your warm up, just when you're not talking, <laughs> keep your mouth shut, and just see if you can maintain a, a nasal breathing pattern at a higher and higher heart rate and the science around this is really interesting um because we can adapt as i was saying before the drive to breathe is related to the increase in carbon dioxide as we start working harder we start breathing harder because co2 is building up and so we offload more of it by breathing harder but if we're um nose breathing can help us to not overdo okay. that you know to not over breathe it naturally slows the breath down mm-hmm. filters the air as it comes in and it actually helps you to have a, a more um structurally uh, efficient breathing pattern where your diaphragm is is more active and, and you're taking a diaphragm out of breath meaning that your stomach and ribs are expanding kind of 360 you know, degrees like your shoulders shoulders kind of stuff, like. yeah exactly and you can think of that as like are you breathing in a vertical way so that your shoulders are tense are coming up and you're breathing with your chest and shoulders and neck or are you are your shoulders relaxed and you're breathing horizontally where your stomach and ribs are expanding out in all directions like a balloon Mm -hmm. um and so that's what you want is that horizontal low breath pattern as opposed to the high vertical breath pattern um and so you know nose breathing will help with that but an awareness again which is why awareness is so important an awareness of like oh where am i breathing from is is it my is my neck tight is my you know am i breathing vertically from my shoulders or am i am i breathing low and slow from my my abdomen with my diaphragm and and that awareness will help you to notice like when you do and when you don't you know what situations do you start do you, you kind of go into a different breath pattern that maybe isn't as optimal um and so um long-winded answer guys but uh, uh, to sort of start with awareness and then build into like getting the mechanics right you know low and slow from with the diaphragm and then as nose as often as you can and knowing that you can improve it like anything else you with training you get better so i
0: assume that you've been practicing it for quite some time now so can you go out and run for an hour easy just nose breathing yeah i i
2: do all of my training now nose breathing only yep um and that's quite intentional because and it didn't start that way it started with a couple of years ago me learning some of the science and going oh that's interesting like let me test that out and you know going for a jog and spending a couple of hundred meters <laughs> uh, phases of that jog um breathing through my nose and being like oh okay that's enough I need to take a mouth breath now so started there but um just by challenging myself to do it more and more and and bring it into every part of my life like this i don't there's no sessions now where i have a need to not you know breathe through my nose and then
0: what about the interval sessions the hard sets same thing yeah yeah, still going through the nose
2: yeah so you know as i said earlier we've just done um, marathon training block and that included like tuesday track sessions where we do i don't know like 2400s or something like that and yeah same thing like and i think you know there's nothing special about that it's just training you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's just adaptation and it kind of gets to a point and i've had this with um, people i've worked with on this as well gets to a point where you just do it by like it would feel worse to breathe through your mouth yeah (laughs) you know what i mean it's not like trying to be a hero you know it's more like no this actually feels better yeah and it feels easier and so why would i not um and so there's still a place you know there's still and there's everyone's a little different because again like your uh, anatomy can be slightly different you got like you know very narrow nasal passages like you're limited more in how much air you can get in and things like that but as i said it's trainable and i think the the idea is that it's it's it can be really healthy and can be a great way of training without actually dedicating any other time mm. you know like you're not carving out another hour to go and, and practice your breathing you're just like incorporating an awareness of breathing and uh, challenging your breathing to become more efficient in your existing training so you know starting with the easier sessions and then building into you know oh, can i maintain this for how, you know uh, for a track session or like how much of the track session can I maintain it for and yeah so that's sort of that's my personal you know yeah. what works for me but as I said about the app like it's about what works for you so it's not ever one size fits all.
0: So do you training partners find you any social? because you can't call them <laughs> Yeah, <after> yeah. <laughs> we were
2: joking about this yesterday actually on, on our podcast um absolutely I just started being silent one day yeah you know? yeah and and in the early days i was i wasn't sure enough about it to really say what i was doing because i was like what if this isn't a thing you know mm-hmm. like i've read about it i've seen some of the science but like i've got to prove this to myself first before i'm going to tell anyone about it let alone suggest it to anyone you know it's very much the philosophy i work from and um yeah so i was like quietly just going about it and then and letting them talk and they're probably. Whoever I was writing with was doing all the talking and then I'd like tactically give like a one or two word answer and then shut my mouth again. And so I came up with a strategy, which is, on a long run, if you just run at the front, there's no one to talk to Ah, right. And so everyone thinks, like, oh, yeah, you know, he's pushing the pace, but it's not at all. It's just it's way easier (laughs) to (laughs) not talk. (laughs) He's just very interested. It's out now. Super antisocial, which can be a benefit, I guess, for for some. Depends on how good your conversation is, I guess.
0: I I remember running towards you and, like, Hey, Rory, and you just tapped your nose. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what
1: does this fucking become, know? Become what become, does this guy know that I don't know? Some a, a great mythical story that one. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think yeah. uh, well, from a psychology point of view, it's perfect. You just yeah. listen the whole time. Yeah, don't, yeah exactly. Don't provide yeah. anything. No. See you next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Or do you go?
2: <laughs>
3: it's just a wave. Just a yeah. wave.
2: A hundred percent. And so um yeah, it's it's, it's it's definitely challenging to maintain a conversation running and mostly nose breathing. But again, that's the beauty of the mouth is that it's a great backup, you know, like there's nothing wrong with having a chat and taking some mouth breaths, you know, like it's not a, you don't need to be too fanatical about it.
1: (laughs) What about in terms of that? Like let's say you finish your 20th 400 meter Mm. rep like, I'm, I'm I'll be down on my knees or, you know, at least mm. on the haunches, probably trying to get a big mouth breath in at the end of mm. that set. Are you literally keeping the mouth closed at the end of that 400? Um, If
2: I'm challenging myself from a training point of view, yeah. like, I I, and I actually think that's probably a relevant opportunity for runners is in those recoveries, how are we, what are we doing with our mind and our body in that time? You know, and I think there's a great opportunity there to, use your breathing to get yourself back to a place of being more ready to go for the next rep Mm -hmm. um and so in that you know it's funny even in what you said like you'd be wanting to take a big mouth breath and it's probably more you'd be wanting to take a big mouth breath out yeah you know to get get rid of the the carbon dioxide which is totally fine like Mm -hmm. if you you know um yeah there's nothing wrong with that but you you're going to get rid of carbon dioxide more quickly through the mouth so so, it can then, be a, so that's that's the case yeah. yeah it can be a good strategy to offload co2 quickly yeah. which if you're like if your goal is to run the next one as fast as you possibly can mm-hmm. it might help yeah. um, get the
0: carbon dioxide out get it out
2: but equally if your goal is to build your tolerance to carbon dioxide mm-hmm. so that your breathing is more efficient for the actual race yeah. then maybe it's better to Hold on. keep a little bit in and and know that you're you can you're still getting rid of a lot through your nose but you can be very deliberate about it and so one thing i like to to try there is to yeah if you finish a hard rep like a 400 you, your breathing's obviously quite fast your heart rate's quite high how quickly can you get your breathing under control and drop your heart rate back down to start the next one and so We know that you can do that by making your exhale longer than your inhale. And so when you breathe in, your heart rate speeds up. And when you breathe out, your heart rate slows down. And this is happening all the time, breath by breath. It's called respiratory sinus arrhythmia arrhythmia for any any fellow geeks out there. Um, And so, but this is the mechanism we can train and use, right? And so we can go, I'm going to consciously breathe out slightly slower then I breathe in and I'm going to try to make each exhale slightly longer than the one before. So that, that is spending more time on the exhale and spending more time bringing the heart rate down. Mm -hmm. And so that's the most efficient way that I can drop that heart rate back down. Drop the the heart heart rate
0: and get the carbon. Well, and and
2: keep, and I think with the carbon dioxide, it's sort of, it's a little, this is where we kind of get into the physiology of it a little bit more is that whilst carbon dioxide is thought of as like a waste, that you want to get rid of. Mm. There's uh, like about a hundred years ago. There's discovered a thing called the Bohr effect, which you probably I don't know people may have heard of. But the Bohr effect was, was discovered where it's the the if there's more carbon dioxide, your body will um, absorb balance, more yeah. oxygen, mm. and vice versa. If there's less carbon dioxide, your body will absorb less. And so it's sort of the affinity of oxygen to the hemoglobin, the blood that. Uh, the, um, the red blood cells that it sort of goes around the body in, um, is reduced as carbon dioxide is um, increased. So it's more likely, oxygen is, it's easier for oxygen to go from the blood cells into the tissues when carbon dioxide is higher. Mm-hmm. And so this is always ah. changing. So that's why it's like not as simple as drop CO2 to feel better, to run harder. Mm-hmm. It's actually, if you can become more tolerant to keeping a bit more mm. Then you actually can hopefully based on at least the principle of the boar effect you can be more efficient at getting the oxygen to where yeah. it needs to go and because um because we're never really in lack of oxygen like most of the oxygen we breathe in we're breathing straight back out like we're there's not a lack of it it's can be a lack of it getting to where it needs to go and maybe that can become more efficient if we have a little bit more carbon dioxide present to, to make that exchange happen better mm-hmm. so yeah that's the sort of technicality there that i think is is part of the reason why becoming more tolerant to carbon dioxide can help um, make breathing more efficient and make um, potentially even you know your um,
1: ability to utilize oxygen more efficient mm. and failing a small dose of epo mm. <laughs> yeah. no point. <comment>, yeah. <laughs> Best
0: nerd talk we've had in a while. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. so I wanted to ask you when you're doing your four hundred, say with a standing minute recovery in between. Do you keep moving, like do you do a little walk, or do you, can you do you keep still? What do you, what's your? Um,
2: I like I, again, like I don't think there's any real right or wrong. Um, but I would like to move only a little like Mm. I'm not I'm definitely not standing completely still but I'm sort of like walking slowly but my my I honestly don't even necessarily know what I'm doing because I try to focus so much on okay come back to my breath can I just notice it can I like take a nice you know breath in and then a slower one out and then keep trying to kind of come down that ladder so that I'm locked in and, and ready to hopefully you know start the next one as best I can so mm-hmm. that's just what works for me and um, yeah and I think you know walking slowly can, can kind of be conducive for that just to get back to where we need to be for the start
1: and, yeah. and not really think about too much else. Cool, what about yourself hey Yeah I like to walk yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just um cry a little mm. walk cry <laughs> knees vomit that's, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. that's right and then just wonder yeah why for a little while and then hit it yeah yeah <laughs> before you can look for your keys all right i'll do one more yeah yeah i'm good i know we've spoken about this before Rory, but uh, i'll just ask for my wife's sake am i able to tape my mouth closed for my eight hours of sleep in order to promote this nasal breathing
2: yeah it's a um a s- something that a lot of people actually do um, and when we say tape your mouth um, I think you know just a caveat there it's not like completely wrapping masking tape around right it's like all you oh, need that's what I've been doing <laughs> I was just wondering where that you, can, you can take like a little bit of paper tape like um, I think 3M um, do one, like most pharmacies, you can get the paper tape and just cut one little strip and do it vertically, so from the top lip to the bottom, so you don't need to actually tape the whole mouth, mm-hmm. just the top of the lip to the bottom so that you've got that feedback that you, you have something to feel if you open your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's as much just having that, um, that extra bit of awareness there that, like, oh yeah, that's right, my mouth my mouth, mm-hmm. you know, is closed and, and should be and. Um, yeah and so if it's safe for you to do that because you can actually if, if it if you're someone who can breathe you know comfortably through your your nose but it's just a habit that you open your mouth then um trying just the paper mouth tape is a is, can be a useful thing a lot of people again this is more anecdotal than um then i don't i'm not aware of um much research that's actually looked at um quantifying this but a lot of people's experience of it is that if they Typically sleep with their mouth open and they move to you know using um, a little bit of tape to keep their mouth closed during sleep That the sense of sleep quality and energy that they wake up with is significantly increased um, You know f- by making that a habit not necessarily day one, but it accumulates and then can help you form that habit and some mm-hmm. of the best um, writers and researchers in this in this space scientifically they actually still do it. You know what I mean? Like they've done it for years and they still have this sort of habit of taping their mouth like that to mm. sleep. So um, it can be a practice that really works for some people um, because obviously it's hard to remember to keep your mouth shut if you're fast
1: asleep, right? I, I usually like, sorry, on the tape, I like to put mine horizontally so I can write, not tonight, darling. Oh, <laughs> I was going to
0: ask, <coughs> have they done much research on the, you know, the s- successful sex like, it's not foreplay, <laughs> is
2: it? Look, I'm definitely way out of my lane of expertise there, so um, <laughs> I'm, it has been I'm not aware of, yeah. of anything to speak empirically from. It's yeah. calling for more
1: research, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, So if there's any volunteers
2: out there... I'm sure sure someone can get a study
1: going. So at least a, an N equals one, as in like an individual study. <laughs> Something for the outpaths, you know. June, I, I was looking through the, the website for the app, and there's a couple of great little blog articles that I thought we could discuss while we're at it. Um, relating to sleep, there's a, there's a little article on there about finding your sleep animal. Uh, and uh, I, I wonder if you could speak to that. Really I've, I've always uh, considered wolf to be a bit of a meat <laughs> in terms of sleep, but it's not one of the four animals no, in question
2: um so there's there is some research around i think most people are aware that we have like a biological clock you know like a circadian rhythm of um you know when it's light we tend to be awake and when it's dark we tend to sort of be, be um asleep and we get into a rhythm around that but um in the sleep research there's also this idea of like a chronotype so um and this tends to be relatively genetic that individuals have a um you know kind of biological preference for sort of um certain rhythms of wake wakefulness and sleep and so essentially um you know one researcher um has, has kind of come up with put it into four animals i think in the past we used to talk about being a night owl and um it's sort of you know you're an early, early, early bird or a night owl and it was kind of binary you're one or the other and it's sort of extended to be well there's there's four animals um and it's just you know uh, one researcher's kind of way of making it practical but um, it's, you know most people I think are bears where they're kind of you know the, the kind of 10, 10 30 p.m kind of that's about their bedtime and they, they're pretty happy getting up around seven something like that that's in that kind of middle range but it's realizing that for other people they're they're lions in the sense that they you know do their best work first thing in the morning and they're kind of ready to nap in the afternoon and and kind of tap out, you know, in the early evening. uh, And they need an earlier bed, bedtime. That's me, for sure. Yeah, that's you do your best. And I think, you know, to that point, like- I was just nodding off then. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. (laughs) I don't blame you. And the, I think most people kind of naturally have a bit of a feel for, for what works for them with this um, but and you know the other one that's quite um, quite common is you know people who prefer they do the best work at night you know like they're happy to stay up after midnight and you know even work in that time and be really alert and then uh, yeah they sort of snooting the alarm um first thing in the morning um and and so like there's there's just finding really the principle of that of that research is realizing that biologically we're kind of wired in a way to prefer um a a certain time slot and to try to if you can organize your life in a way that plays along with that Mm -hmm. rather than going against it you know like You know if if Matt you're you like running at 6am and you know you're ready to nap in the afternoon like it makes total sense to do your training first in the morning um and so there's this really good science to support that you know you're probably going to get better outcomes from doing that um but equally you know your training partner might be might prefer training in the afternoon and and having a bit more of a sleep in and actually gets a better sleep by doing that because they struggle to go to sleep at I don't know what time you go to bed but 7.30 <laughs> 30 30 o'clock. 30 um, so yeah, principle is like just be aware again I come back to self awareness, like be in tune with yourself and, and really be open to learning what works for you. Mm-hmm. And if you can, like, you know, organising things in a way that, that aligns with that so that you're not going against your, your physiology in the body. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Don't yeah, fight so. the lion wolf. Don't the line. Yeah, now Sorry,
1: <laughs> no, the third person... one was actually the wolf.
2: Was it? Is it yeah, the wolf is the late night, the lion is the morning, um, the bear sort of the middle and the other one's a dolphin and that's sort of like they don't really sleep great, you know, and that's sort of oh. recognising that a small percentage of people they kind of like, you know, that they really struggle with sleep and maybe they get by on, maybe they get by okay on less sleep. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's a, it's a super small percentage, but yeah, it's like dolphins aren't you know known for their sleep. Uh, they kind of, you know, do a little bit here and there. So um, that's the, the fourth animal. The dolphin doesn't mm-hmm. like to stay in one place for very long either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They sleep like half a brain at a time or something. I think something like that's that. That's right, one eye open. One eye open, so. <laughs> uh, <that's> but good. <laughs> I think it was like less than 1% or like a very small percentage of people were really.
1: I'm pretty sure we know a dolphin, but uh, I don't know how functional yeah. it is. So, yeah. you know. Most people are lions, bears, or wolves by that uh, yeah. classification.
2: I
0: like it.
1: I like yeah, All it. Well, the listeners
0: mean... have worked out what they are, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: The point is, yeah, find your find your Don't fight it. That's right. good. Go with it. So anyway, yeah. article number two, sort of a bit of a race car analogy. Accelerator and brake. Our nervous system is a race car. Um, I, I was wondering if you could relate it to what we. have seen over the last four months with COVID and why we need to maybe pump the brakes a little bit more regularly for our nervous system's sake. Yeah, do you, do you want to really geek out?
2: Yeah. <laughs> You've given me a leading geek out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried for your audience uh, and, and for everyone. But, They're all out uh, there
1: running and we'll just wash it Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm.
2: they just focus on their, their nose breathing yeah. as we speak, so it's all good.
0: Um, I'm just going to nod as I nose breathe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: The rest of the episode's going to be silent. Um, <laughs> no, so I like to use the analogy of the nervous system as a race car in the sense that there's you know the the nervous system is what connects you know the brain and 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 the different organs of the body and it plays a, a huge role in our overall health and our state of mind and um and you know it's it's this constant communication between the brain and the body and, and what's happening and allocating resources where they need to go and all of that but The nervous system gets really complicated if you talk about it technically if you talk about okay it's the autonomic nervous system and there's the sympathetic branch and the parasympathetic branch the sympathetic branch is like your um you know like it helps you it's the accelerator it helps you switch on and mobilize resources for you know to run or to to do anything that involves um you know high energy and it's sort of also very associated with like the stress response. So fight, flight, you know, it's all about sympath- the sympathetic branch. And then the parasympathetic branch is the, um, it's like the brake. It's sort of the thing that slows you down, it slows your heart rate down, it slows, it brings resources back to things involved in like rest and digest, is kind of the, the tongue-in-cheek sort of way of saying it. And so it gets really complicated if you try to talk about it in those those terms. But really, if you think of a race car, and they've got a good car Is got, if you hit the accelerator, it speeds up really quick and, and there's, you know, responds. And it also, you hope that it's got good brakes. You tap the brake, it, it slows down really quickly. And that's really what happens with our nervous system. These two sides, um, the, the sympathetic switches us on and the parasympathetic slows us down, the more um, dynamic it is in terms of being able to speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down, that is one of the best markers that we have of of health and 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 it applies to you know psychological health physical health and and also you know so many aspects of performance is that like a a healthy dynamic nervous system is responsive like that and so what that what typically happens and you refer to the last four months of is that if we're in in a stressed state for a long time so if we've got you know emotional stress or you know stress from work or you know training stress as well physical stress from working hard we're spending a lot of time with the sympathetic side the the, uh, the, um, the accelerator on and so you can think of like if you're revving the engine all the time eventually there's going to be a cost to that like you're using a lot of energy and, and you're you know you're compromising things if you're not also tapping the brakes Mm -hmm. and really slowing down and and restoring to then be able to hit the accelerator again and so practically what this looks like is whenever we have stress it's that we're in the sympathetic side that's more activated and so to counter that we want a really strong parasympathetic branch of the nervous system which is um you know the the side that when it's activated it helps us our digestion it helps us to rest and and recover and, and helps our helps us to restore. And so essentially the the body's resources again directed to restorative things mm. as opposed to like nah it's the all the energy's got to go to movement, you mm. know. So we talked before about how when you breathe in your heart rate speeds up and you breathe out your heart rate slows down. That is you can measure that with heart rate variability. And so the more variable that is, so the more um you know if, if we're, when we when we do this in the app where we we measure um your heart rate um when you're doing your breathing and things like that and when you can quantify this as a marker of nervous system health and so if your heart rate is very variable moment to moment like as in beat to beat so a lot of people think that if your heart rate is 60 beats a minute that it's beating once every second and it's not it's beating one like 0.9 1.1 and it's sort of like a variable around that average mm-hmm. and so the more variable your heart rate is b to b the more that the, that's a marker of having a strong parasympathetic so a strong break mm-hmm. on your nervous mm-hmm. system and that's a great indicator of things like recovery of things like um, resilience and you know even you know there's, there's really strong research to connect um healthy um you know high heart rate variability healthy nervous system with um, better brain function better emotion regulation and so there's wide-ranging benefits because it enables our um our brain to work most efficient most effectively and it, and it sort of moves us it means that we're able to tolerate a lot more stress and so going back to the car it's like if you want to you know think of your nervous system like a race car you want to build a nervous system that has really great acceleration that when you need to go like you can switch on and, and go but you can really quickly sw- switch off from that and restore and then be ready to go again and, and that's why it's so important
1: for health and resilience mm. Have your downtime good advice So sort of talking about in terms of the last four months we've actually had heaps more downtime mm. than we typically would have had so potentially working on some stronger breaks there I hopefully yeah thought.
2: and and i think everyone's obviously like I'm, I'm when i kind of was speaking to that i was imagining you know maybe people who are like homeschooling in general. And, and maybe they're more stressed but if you have been yeah. able to have a, a you know more choice in when you you know like you're able to go out for a walk or a run more on your own schedule and you're able to maybe like do things around your own your own schedule a bit better and and, um, and use the time more efficiently because you're not commuting, things like that, then absolutely, yeah, you can be strengthening your parasympathetic nervous system. Um, and so having geeked out on all of that, I think if we circled back to what we're talking about with breathing, mm-hmm. every breath, you're influencing your heart with, um, you know, with either speeding it up, slowing it down, back to beat. And if you're able. Then there's there's strong research behind this that if you're breathing well, you're able to increase. You're able to move across to that parasympathetic branch of the nervous system more effectively and more often. And so you're getting more of. You're able to kind of take charge of your nervous system a lot more using your breath. Mm. And so that's really the foundation upon which um, you know some more um, you know healthy breathing habits, but also you know breath practices can even play a role is that you can use them to shift your nervous system into a state that's more optimal for whatever it is, whether it's you wanting to, you know, rest and digest, you know, get ready for sleep, switch off, you can breathe in a certain way for that. And equally, if you want to switch on, you can breathe in a way that actually gets things going more. So, um, yeah, it's it's a tool that goes beyond just, um, you know, feeling good or, or, yeah. or anything like that. And, and even beyond just getting oxygen and carbon dioxide balances right to really shifting the state of the nervous system as a whole
1: yeah it's amazing amazing influence you can have mm. for something so simple i guess going back to that um the idea of just the 2400s again mm. so let, let's say that someone you know who's practicing that kind of exercise where they are on for you know 70 seconds or whatever 400 might take you and then 60 seconds of downtime and trying to focus on your breathing stuff mm. sure that's a really impressive way to improve your nervous system health is to Get the accelerator the brake working in a really practical way there. So. absolutely and i
2: think you know and to build on that you know after a session how like how are we intentionally switching from activity to recovery you know recovery doesn't just start with like a protein shake you know what i mean like we can we can kick start that by going all right well i'm sitting in the car driving home like how can i use my breathing to my heart rate's still going to be well above what it normally is and I'm sitting still because I've just worked out really hard how can I start switching into that recovery mode Mm -hmm. and you know I'm using my breathing to down regulate um, and and kind of get the recovery the recovery process started Um, Mm -hmm. you know and what I I think my kind of big interest in this space is that it's all within our control like it's quite empowering to know that you can actually influence this stuff a whole lot more than maybe you know we've been led to believe because we haven't you know been taught um, these skills and so you know, it's, it's empowering to know like you can actually shift your heart rate in a way that's helpful and maybe helps you recover mm-hmm. quicker or gets that process started. So.
1: And, and if someone's driving home right now with an elevated heart rate, can they just go? Nasal breathing, five I mean, seconds in, five seconds out, just sort of... I
2: mean, I should throw the disclaimer out there that, like, you know, driving the car is probably not the best place to start focusing on this stuff. But um, but uh, post-exercise, um, yeah, just, like, being conscious of, all right, how am I breathing? How do I normally breathe post-exercise? Am I... do I pant for the rest of the day? Like, you know, which, you know, is... If we're not aware of it, we, we can. And it's funny because... Um, a lot of people develop dysfunctional breathing patterns because of, like, exercise actually can make them worse because it, it kickstarts the breathing, gets you breathing harder. And if you don't change that at the end, you can actually breathe more dysfunctionally than you would have otherwise because you haven't noticed the like, Bring it back down. Um. So to your question, definitely. Um. After after training, when it's safe to do so, um. I've been looking to you know switch to nose breathing. As you know, if if you haven't already, and and just try to emphasize, you know, like slow, slow inhales, but slightly longer exhales, and and really, you know, feel what that is like for you. You know, like find a pattern that feels good. Again, coming back to that that theme of what works for you. You know, like play with this and mm-hmm. find what what really feels like it, it works best for you look at your heart rate on your watch and see if it's making a difference or yeah, you know yeah. and the stuff we're in the app it's like gives you the, the ways to practice that and um yeah and, and just be you know experiment for yourself
0: fantastic yeah. i'm gonna try it yeah right now some good tools that you shared with us that's awesome i'm looking forward to trying both yeah great and like <laughs> let me know and
2: anyone listening too, like Send me a message on Instagram. Let me know what you notice because it is it is a very individual thing, but it's also such a process. And I, I want to mention just quickly a a bit of research that I think will help us us to all kind of like um, with with this is that there was research a couple of decades ago that showed that you couldn't or people they, they did VO two max testing on a bunch of athletes, runners, I believe. Um, and nose breathing versus mouth breathing, right? And the nose breathing group couldn't get as higher VO two max, mm-hmm. and so it was sort of concluded that like, it's your VO two max is reduced if you breathe through your nose. What that research missed is that those people had not adapted to it. Yeah, like, yeah, if yeah, I ask yeah. someone right now to mm. go, hey, you've never done it before, go do a time trial breathing only through your nose, and like, let's see if you get a PB. Like, you probably won't. Right? Mm-hmm. You probably really struggle. Mm. And like I did when I first, you know, I jogged 100 meters with it, Um, but recent research only I think a year ago showed they took six runners and they they spent six months adapting, six months only breathing through your nose and training. And then they did the VO2max testing and there was no difference Mm -hmm. in VO2max mouth and nose breathing for those people. But what there was a difference is a 22% reduction in breathing rate Mm -hmm. in the VO2max test. So these people got the same outcome in their VO2 max testing, breathing through the mouth as they did in breathing through the nose. But they took 22% fewer breaths mm. in the nose breathing session. Mm. So I share that just to say, well, if you haven't adapted to it, you just like recognize that like you are, it's going to feel... It's different. ...different. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that it's not going to get, you know, it, it can't get to a point where it's really relevant for you but it's not fun work. Like it's not putting in the work to adapt, it's not fun because our brain does not like feeling carbon dioxide buildup. up. Like yeah. anyone who's ever done like a breath hold, you know, knows that it gets to a point where it's like, I, I'm, there's no way I can get around, just I need to breathe now, right? Yeah. And it's the same, it's the same physiology that's happening, so it, you know it takes it's a process of adapting and i'll just treat it like anything else any other training you know you don't go to the gym mm. and start with like you know i'm gonna do squats for the first time let me load up the bar to mm. 150 kilos you, know, you start with body weight mm. you know and i think that same principle um needs to be considered when you you sure. talk about adapting this it's mm. <laughs> good advice yeah it's good
1: advice oh yeah quick quickly uh, i, I want to uh ask a question about our inner critic Mm -hmm. and Wolf and I are probably going to have our first race of the year in the next month or so um what should we say to our inner critic you know three quarters into the race when when he's telling us to stop and slow down um so I think the inner critic is something
2: we all have and um it's funny with what we've been talking about it is also very influenced by what's happening physiologically right so we're perceiving what's happening in our body and our brains like am I okay and you know if we're breathing really hard and and we're kind of um we're feeling like we're running out max that's when the inner critic's going to wake up and be really loud right and so coming back to what we talked about before i think just becoming aware of what's happening in your body is a great start to like just connect with like oh, can i can i get into a breathing rhythm here that feels more satisfying can yeah. i just bring that under control and then you you instead of trying to fight the inner critic like you know um to go to war with it I think that's just a distraction when you're running I, I think that one of the best antidotes to you know a, a kind of hostile inner critic is just curiosity and I think if we can bring like a real playful mindset to be like oh look there it is <laughs> like you know even even like you know you can play with this give it a name like you know just make it something like, Josephine. make light of it yeah. yeah make light of it and then it, yeah, the you're really sweet yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because to have that conversation requires a separation between you and it. Yeah. And that separation is what really is all about. Yeah. Is that you're not, it's not taken over you if mm-hmm. you're able to look at it and smile at it. Yeah. You know?
3: You're
0: acknowledging it.
3: Yeah. yeah. You're just noticing, casual,
2: you're yeah. not judging, you're not fighting it. You're not going in the, down that spiral of beating yourself up or mm-hmm. wrestling it and like, you know, trying to come up with, oh, what's the best excuse for... This race not going to plan, you know. Like you don't go down that spiral. You just notice you like, oh, you're here early, That's good. <laughs> and like I say, make make like what you're wearing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then that that gives you the space to come back to well, what can you actually control right now. Like I can control like you know whatever the you know, technical things or whatever you know whether it's your breathing, whether it's you know just focusing on the next bit that you're running, like. I think yeah, not getting sucked into trying to fight it is probably the, <laughs> the main take out there. And, and curiosity is such an antidote to that because it, it lightens it and kind of disarms it straight away. It's
1: perfect. Yeah, the third takeaway tip. And for someone who's used to talking to different personalities, that should be pretty easy for you yeah. to take on just, a, <laughs> just
0: another one to the list. You
1: might have a yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you give them all yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. they
0: do. We talked multiple personalities
2: last time, I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> Come <coming laughs> back to you now. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, awesome chatting to you. Some good tools to uh, try out. And uh, just... To clarify, I'm a lion, are you a bear? I'm a bear, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm pretty round
2: the bear mate. for bear. sure. Sometimes yeah. a sloth, mostly a bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a bear. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: good. <laughs> and I'm off to get some masking tape. Yeah. <laughs> Paper <laughs> tape for everyone else you can do masking tape. Yeah. Yep, sounds great. <laughs> and what I'll do is I'll just quickly go to Sean and we're gonna do a shoe review on the hocker Zimmel.
1: Zanal, I think.
0: Call it what you want. I will. Yeah. <laughs> G'day,
3: Sean. How are you going? Great, Matt. Uh, how are you?
0: Couldn't be better. I, uh, mate, we're going to chat about the Hocker Zinnel.
3: We are. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's Hocker's lightest trail shoe. Um, it's a very responsive trail runner. It's geared up for shorter distances, but I know we've had a few uh, customers clocking up some k's in it um you've been running in it
0: yeah i really like them, it, mate I, 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 it's always nice running in a light trail shoe
3: yeah yeah it's for that that person who who likes that little bit of a lower to the ground a lot of the uh, hocker uh trail shoes are the stack height is quite quite high you know you're looking at you know 30 32 off the ground which is, is quite a lot of sole underneath you where the um Stack height of this shoe is 22 and 18, which is quite a, quite a drop, about 10 mil drop down closer to the ground. So it's on a 4 mil drop. Um, so, yeah, the, the stack height is quite low as well. So a lot of people that have gone from the torrent um, have gone into this shoe and mate, are loving it. Yeah, absolutely it, loving it. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, it is nice. It's nice. It's a nice change because um, you know it is lower. You can feel the ground a bit more. It feels a bit more responsive.
3: Yes. Um, yeah. Well, it's got that. It's got the the midsole is a Profly profly Ultralight foam on top. Then you've got rubberized EVA on the bottom, giving you you know that little bit of a bounce um, and responsiveness. And then it's finished off with a Vibram outsole. Um, for maximal traction and vibram i think this is the first rubber um or vibram used in the hocker range and vibram is the ducks nuts pretty much of rubber outsoles their wear and their grip is just fantastic a lot of other brands do use it um for for their outsoles um yeah and it's just it's second to none as far as wear and grip
0: And and the lugs on them uh, on the shoe they're they're not as big and and chunky as as a lot of the other trail shoes. No, they're
3: a four mil lug, um, and they're not. The torrent has got a multi-directional lug pattern on it. These are all sort of just a four mil sort of straight direction. Um, Yeah, and basically the Vibram is at the a lot of it's at the midsole, and a lot of it is at the the heel. Sorry, and at the forefoot. Um, So you've got. There's a gap there in the middle of just the EVA foam um, underneath the heel, underneath the arch of the foot, so the foot flexes a, a lot lot more than the Torrent, um, and and sort of moves with the terrain, I suppose, uh, as you as are sort of doing a bit of t- more technical stuff. Yep. So it's a lot more grippy, and the shoe's got more flex. Yeah. Oh. It's about it, it's about twenty grams lighter as well. It's two hundred and forty grams. Yeah. Um, so it's twenty grams lighter than the Torrent. Yep. And, uh, yeah, nice, breathable upper, um, you know, gusseted tongue to sort of protect and keep rocks and twigs from falling in down. And, uh, yeah, good sort of pro- toe protection as well. So, yeah, it's it's been a really great shoe.
0: Yeah, so I've been really happy with it. Is that the, the feedback you've been getting from everyone else?
3: Yeah, yeah. With, um, anyone who was running in sort of that torrent and wanted that lower profile shoe, they've They've just they've come back and yeah, come back for seconds and bought bought more so it's it's great.
0: Excellent, yeah, I can see why. All right, well, um, mate, th- fantastic. That's what we we wanted to hear. Just a uh, bit of background and yeah, um, yeah great great shoe to. Um, There's an owl, so yeah, yeah. If you
3: you want that that light that speedy sort of racing shoe
0: um, in the Hocker range, mate. This is the shoe shoe for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely the fastest hocker trail shoe
3: yeah yeah so um, but we'll have to catch up Uh, Christmas is getting uh, up on us so we've got to we've got to organise a social social run (laughs) we do very soon we'll probably might
0: might end up being a a new year run the way we're going I
3: know the year's just year's flying by but um, yeah we'll speak to Paul Hatfield yep and we'll uh, definitely try and lock in a date so Keep everyone posted because yes, I'm. Um, I'm uh, sort of got a spring in my step this morning after seeing some very good motivational videos um, of Paul <laughs> representing Australia in, in trampoline. Tra- so uh, yeah, did That's, you manage to catch that? I did,
0: I did. Yeah, right. yeah. It's uh, quite entertaining. Quite oh, entertaining.
3: Mate. He was, uh, yeah, certainly a flexible, flexible athlete.
0: Yep. Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> Fond of tights. Fond of yes, tights. Yes.
3: Mate, yes.
0: Yep. All right, Sean A. Well, thanks for the chat. Really appreciate it. No problem. And uh, we will catch up for that social event and, and let the listeners know too.
3: Yeah, for well, sure.
0: All right. Good on you, mate.
3: All right, mate. Speak to you soon. See ya. Bye. bye uh, we're, we're,
1: we're So we can find you on, uh, what is it? I.
2: Yeah, so the website is about in eight, so innate, yeah. um, but with the number um, app.com, so innate and then um, my Instagram is is at Rory Dark or Dora Darkens, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: they can, they can find you.
2: They can find me. Yeah. We'll be on innate app. We'll be on socials pretty soon as you well, ask. So cool. Maybe. By
0: the oh,
2: end I'm of on. the year, it's not
0: long until yeah. the end of the year. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. So it's all. It's all coming out.
0: You've heard it here first, guys. Exciting, exciting. World exclusive. How good. There you go. (laughs) I'm getting tired. It's nap time. See you later. Alright, thanks for coming in. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it.